We will not be held responsible for any hearing impairments or damage caused to you from excessive exposure to this sound.
everybody to the oral fix podcast i'm your host henry m diaz this is episode number 52 i've been away for a while and um just giving you here a little taste of where i've been for the last two and a half weeks since my absence i hope all of you have been well and not been missing me too much have a great show lined up for you. Here's some more of uh, the things I've been through this week. 911, what are you reporting? Uh, we got someone or something crawling around out here. Did you see what it was? Was it a person or an animal? or? I can't tell. All I know is that my central light came on and I just happened to glance and see this thing running across the yard. Uh, a good-sized man or something. It looks like a man. I don't know what it was. Just it, it ran across the yard. Okay. You've had problems in the neighborhood before? Yeah, my dog was killed here just recently. I don't know what it was. Whatever it is, it's running. I couldn't catch it if I was going to chase it. But whatever it was, it was standing up. I'm out here looking through the window now, and I don't see anything. I don't want to go outside. Jesus Christ, you better... Sure. See Hello? Get somebody out here. What's going on now, sir? That son of a bitch is about six foot nine. I don't know. Do you see him now, sir? Yes, I'm looking right at him. Uh-oh. Okay, hang on. He's right... Is he in your yard, sir? Yeah, God, he's big. Okay, what's he doing in your yard? He's looking at me. Oh, and the guy is on foot. Just... I don't know what... It, it's, it's a big, real big person. That's all I can say. Okay, but it is a, it is a person. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it was a person, somebody really big. But he's all in black. He's... Is he a black male or a white male? Did you actually see whether, or was he just wearing black? He's all black and he's big. He is big. Well, that wasn't me who, per se, they were, you know, calling the 911 call on. <laughs> you guessed it. I've been squatching. That's right, man. I've been squatching. I've been on a monster quest. I've been on a Finding Bigfoot, like, journey on YouTube. Man, I've been, like... All right, first of all, the sounds that you heard earlier were of actual recorded sounds of Bigfoot howling, whooping. Um, I mean, I didn't even put on all the sounds that I found on the bfro.net website. But um, I, you know, 
a while back ago when I was in Long Island and I was house sitting, I saw, um, I think it was the first uh, Finding Bigfoot uh, episode, or maybe it was the third or fourth something. It, it was the one when they were in, in New York, and I really didn't pay too much attention. I just thought it was just kind of hokey, and I really didn't like it because it, you know, it just was too much. It reminded me of um, Ghost Hun- Hunters, the show on Sci-Fi, or I should I should say Sci-Fail. <laughs> but um, you know, I I I really I just dismissed it. I really didn't watch all of it, and I was much more interested on something on more like from the History's channel, like monster quest which was so much different and and presented more facts but you know as i've stated i forget which show it was it was a couple of shows ago when i first introduced the segment go ask alice and the first that first show was all about well that segment was all about bigfoot and um some of the youtube uh stories that i I was actually watching documentaries since 1973 the first sound that you heard was a recording that was sent to the BFRO, which is the Bigfoot Research Organization, who actually, that same team, appears on uh, the Discoveries, or no, actually it was Animal Planets um, channel, and um, it's called Finding Bigfoot, the series, and the BFRO people are guest starring there and leading these search investigations. And um, I also mentioned, you know, on on that first podcast, well, on that first uh, Go Ask Alice, um, I featured and talked about the uh, Google Earth map. Uh, Some of you guys might have, you know, could recall um, and how I found actual sightings all over my area where I live in upstate New York, Hudson Valley. I don't know, guys. It's been a while. I've been away. And um, I found um, all these, you know, lost episodes. I mean, I didn't even know that they went on to two seasons, um, Finding Bigfoot. And I didn't know it was the BFRO, the same people who had a Google map, um, Bigfoot sightings that I just went crazy over and obsessed over. And I'm still obsessed over because of my Bigfoot experience. Um so um yeah the last two weeks have been just just amazingly weird and um i'm just all over obsessed and falling in love with new more new evidence and i mean fact finding that the brfro has presented on finding bigfoot and i i don't know i just i just needed to podcast about it because i my fingers have and my eyes and my allergies just won't let me blog anymore <laughs> on the blog as of late. But before I get into my whole weekly review, let's get into first base, you know, business stuff here. Um, Oral Fix Podcast is a weekly social commentary podcast for the gay community. That's one. The other is that uh, it can be listened to on iTunes stitcher.com uh, forward slash oral fix and if you enter the promo code oral fix without any spaces you'll be entered for a monthly drawing for a hundred dollar cash card and that's only for new subscribers 
the old ones, if you've already done it or haven't done it, um, you probably entered, you probably didn't enter. But for those of you who are listening new or who haven't used Stitcher to listen to this podcast and other podcasts, enter the promo code ORALFIX to be entered into that monthly drawing for that cash card. You can also listen to the Oral Fix at soundcloud.com and on the Facebook fan page. That's facebook.com forward slash the Oral Fix podcast. And of course, you can always refer to the blog www.oralfixpodcast.com for the archives. And since I haven't been really doing anything lately and haven't presented a show in the last two weeks or so, um, you probably have been busy either listening to the last episode with Mystic Ed and his partner Fluffy, or you've been going through the archives, hopefully. So you guys heard the Bigfoot calls um, in the wild, and then you heard... uh, the um, walkie-talkie chatter uh, between BRFRO president Matt Moneymaker and a couple of the other team members and one cooperative sheriff uh, whose name is Laurie G. Laurie G. Um, and that was recorded somewhere out in Pennsylvania early um, November 2005 and I haven't seen the show where she participated yet, but supposedly this is part of like the Finding Bigfoot um, series. I still yet to actually completely watch season one, but I think I've wrapped up season two already. And season three is being funded, and there's possibly a... a, a well, they said. Uh, I don't think it's a possibility. I think it's actually going to happen. They're going to they're going to take Finding Bigfoot um, overseas, so they're going to do an international version. Now, I love the show just because it's all facts. Mostly, they never really. I mean, they've come close, and they've actually got one um, kind of thermal reading where you can actually see it, like in between some trees, a Bigfoot. But, um, I mean, the stuff that they've been presenting, which are cases that they actually have on this Google Earth map and that have been reported um, in, and they've been filing in their databases. Um, and you can find that on bfro.net. Um, it's just amazing. It's spine chilling. And for me, it's just more proof that what I experienced that one night on the Navajo reservation um, all alone was actually true. <laughs> it actually was, people. And um, and if you're curious to find out what my experience was, then I will refer you to the website uh, for the Oral Fix, which is www.oralfixpodcast.com. And if you look at the little navigation bar at the top, you click on podcast episodes and you scroll all the way down to episode number, let's see, I believe it was episode number 46, Go Home Darun Ravi. Let's see, was it that one? And no, it wasn't. I'm wrong. Um, hmm, That's like one of our 
one of the most popular ones so far. Um, well, it's in there somewhere. Um, is it Dreams Come? What are Dreams Made Of? No, it's not that one. It's somewhere in there, guys. Believe me, you don't want to miss any of the BRFR, BFRO stuff and what else has been going on in, in, in that um, little small niche of a community. Um, now, what else has been going on with me? Solar Flares, uh, spaceweather.com, I've been hooked on that. I've been really, um, I, I think I've talked about this uh, in previous shows where like solar flares actually affect me really badly and, um, and I could feel them before they even like start. And once we're bombarded by their radiation, like, I mean, I'm affected differently. Another friend of mine has been affected differently. Also, she listens to the show and, um, oh, look. I just found the episode where I talk about my Bigfoot experience, and it's the very first episode where Go Ask Alice has been introduced to the oral f- oral fix. And that's episode number 43. Frack You, Go Ask Alice is the title. Back to spaceweather.com. Well, spaceweather.com um, is exactly you know what it says it is. It gives you the weather of what's going on in our solar system in our in that environment and especially you know solar flares and a lot of places like cnet.com cnn uh, other news organizations get this information from them whenever they're announcing it um besides nasa i believe and spaceweather.com gets it straight from the horse's mouth nasa um and um and it's just been really great at providing information. They they talked about uh, X-class. So far, we've been getting like these M-class flares, which are kind of medium-sized. But the X-flares, the X-class, are like gi- ginormous. And we recently had a ginormous, um, I think it was a week ago, uh, solar flare. I think it was the beginning of the week, sometime Monday or Tuesday. So it's just been one thing after another that's been happening that's been affecting me, you know. It's been solar flares. It's also been, um, and I'm being honest here. I'm not trying to be flaky or anything. Like, I was trying to think of, like, things to say here and so that you excuse me for not having a show for the last two weeks or so. But, um, I mean, these these are real events (laughs) that really affect me. And I'm sure it's been affecting maybe some of you guys or maybe you're not aware of it. Um, I also had a big ass family reunion that I couldn't get out of because I've committed myself to it for a year now. And, and I also had managed to, uh, pl- had a hand in planning it and it was very successful. It was down in Manhattan beach, Brooklyn, New York, and over 300 family members showed up and it was amazing. It was like, almost like, you know, you died and you gone to heaven and you see people that you never thought you would see again. And people you never met who who knew your parents and grandparents and great-grandparents it was amazing i mean i got to connect and bond and and nobody really judged me and everybody you know through gossip or through know-how they knew that i was gay (laughs) or maybe because of their personal gay dars (laughs) and um 
and it was you know it was pretty nice it was pretty cool to see some you know how many hot cousins i have <laughs> both female and male <laughs> and um and you know it, it was it was really cool um but you know that consumed a lot of my time so i was away that one weekend and i think that was the first weekend that there wasn't a show and the second weekend was when the solo flares occurred and this past weekend um, I just had just I just needed a break from everything and um, too bad I can't really take a vacation but I am going to in the next week or so uh, before the Renaissance Fair starts that's another thing that's been consuming my time is shopping for the Renaissance Fair getting my outfit together for Lady Chamaka and also painting the booth that I work in um, for those of you who will be attending the New York Renaissance Fair this uh, summer, beginning August 4th in Tuxedo, well, actually Sterling Forest, uh, New York, um, I will be on Splendid Penny Lane, or maybe it's Splendid Lane. People have different ways of calling that lane, but I, I like to call it Splendid Penny Lane. You can't miss me. I'll be right next to the Mead booth or and the IC booth and... And maybe that nasty fairy Brian is going to be there this year, too. <laughs> he's not really nasty. He's really funny. But he gets out of control sometimes. He's, he's, he douses people with glitter. It's, it's kind of funny when they're laughing, but it's not when they're not laughing. <laughs> and you have to work next to him. Um, I'll be doing my little spiels here and there, my little hawking acts. I'll be hypnotizing people. I'll be telling jokes to people. I'll be playing Sleeping Beauty who gets wakened up, woken up with a pickle in her mouth. <laughs> you have to see that one. Last year, I did Sleeping Beauty uh, before the pickle man showed up with his pickle barrel to wake me up. A whole bunch of kids like started planking over me, next to me. It was amazingly funny. Sometimes I draw like hundreds of people around me. So... This year, um, if you're looking for me and you can't find me or you see something that's going on, make sure, you know, you're looking in the crowd. Maybe it's me, you know, causing a ruckus. Um, <laughs> so that's been time consuming. Um, what else has been has been time consuming? That's just about it. I'm feeling better now. I, I'm, I can't believe how much I've missed podcasting. And... Um, and let's see, on to some business. Um, Boy Scouts of America, uh, after two years of trying to decide whether or not gays should be allowed in scouting, they said no. Unanimously, supposedly, a board of 11, um, or actually uh, a group of 11 people, you know, said no, they cannot be allowed uh, to serve as scoutmasters or scout leaders, uh, gays and lesbians. And the board members had to, you know, okay it because it was like a unanimous vote or whatever, despite that one of the board members is gay. Um, and, you know, I, I, you know, I could have done this whole like oral lashing on the blog and I didn't. And um, I just don't have the energy for the drama anymore. I don't have the energy anymore for like these big time organizations that have been around. It's the year 2012. You know, time is, is just moving faster and faster. And we're at, we're supposedly out of the dark ages, but we're not. And, you know, they're just as fucked up. I'm sorry to say this because I was... And I could say this because I have had experiences also in, in the Scouts as a Boy Scout. And I've seen discrimination uh, 
uh, among uh well to the gay community and and to other fellow gay scoutmasters who were out and um and those who weren't out either um it's just really fucked up it's just as fucked up as the catholic roman catholic organization of churches it's just that fucked up you've heard of priests who molest um female and male children who never come out um of the closet and they get caught and they and they never lose their positions they may move them to another church in another state another country or whatever like that but they never really you know get ousted the way gays and lesbians do and organizations such as the BSA, the Boy Scouts of America. So shame on them, Boy Scouts of America. Shame, 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 shame on you. It's your turn now to deal with your shame. Okay? Um, yeah, it, it ruffled my feathers. Um, what else? So in my downtime, I've been actually um doing a lot of catch up with Tron Legacy the cartoon on the XD Disney Channel oh my freaking god i i don't know if I, yeah i've really talked about it in the past um for sniff and scratch but it's it, it's if you haven't turned yourself on to it you must it is as good as the movie Tron Legacy i mean they really do it justice um you know, not too long ago, uh, Lance Rhetoric was on there as the Renegades um, ally, and um, he did a really good job in that. Elijah Wood uh, plays the character Beck, who is the um, Renegade who is supposed to um, be impersonating Tron, and he is helping Tron, actually. And um, it is just amazing. They had Cora on there, the guy who played uh, Tron in Tron the movie and Tron Legacy. Um, I forget his name. I think it's Max something or another. He plays uh, Tron in the Tron Legacy cartoon also. Um, animation is just mind-blowing. So is the color. is in HD. It's, it's a must-watch. I mean, I'm totally hooked on it. If you haven't been following me on Get Clue or my tweets um, on Twitter, um, you know, you you wouldn't know that I'm like so hooked into it. But if you have, you know that I am just hooked and sold onto it. Um, Dark Knight Rises is going to be showing its face soon. I think tomorrow it's going to, late at night, they're going to, tomorrow is Thursday. Well, no. Oh, my God. Tonight. Wait, yeah. Today. I'm actually recording this on a Thursday. Thursday is about one o'clock in the morning. And um, later today, (laughs) um, they're going to be, I guess, releasing Dark Knight Rises somewhere maybe midnight um, as Thursday turns into Friday. And um, and that's going to be pretty exciting. I can't wait to see, you know, um, the Catwoman job that that um, the that Miss Thing, who I can't even remember her name anymore. Um, she's just gotten so much. Let me see if I could pull it up. She's been getting so many, so much play lately that I just like drowned her out and just forgotten her name. Um, anyway, it's it'll be cool to see Christian Bale back. Um, and it'll be good to see Anne Hathaway's job as Catwoman. <laughs> and I would love to see more of like what Joseph, Joseph Gordon Levitt does or what his character is supposed to be doing in the movie. I haven't really read too much on it. 
and um, I just would like to be surprised. I mean, the other two movies has have been stunning and have, they've been great. So hopefully they won't mess this up. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. And um, some <laughs> some of you might know from my postings on the social networks on Oral Fix's social networks. Uh, Simon Simon's Cat, which is a 2D um, short little animation that posts, I think, weekly or daily on YouTube. And I've just been like filling up a lot of my time with that, which has been really funny. Um, and I found that I found that through um, the kids react video, Fine Brothers kids react video, uh, which is really cute and adorable and funny. And um, they recently had one where they were reacting to Simon's cat, uh, the animations, and I I just fell in love with it. It's hysterical. If you're a cat lover, lover, um, go ahead and um, go to the show notes, click on the link, and laugh away. I'll be providing a lot of show notes here uh, in my review because what I have uh, waiting for you guys uh, later on in the show is a chat for chat with a friend of mine. So, um, almost done here. Um, one small, um, a couple of things that I found very interesting this, this week is that, uh, there's a fringe, um, trailer and preview for season five that was released at Comic-Con in San Diego, I believe. And it is amazing. They don't give you too much, but they already started filming for season five. So they give you a little blitz and clip. Uh, clips here and there and there's a lot of uh anatorv action with peter and just little like wisecrack sayings but you see that they're like really like working together and um there's little moments where uh their daughter in the um henrietta and i i know can you believe her her name is henrietta maybe that's why i've been having these dreams with joshua jackson and, and anatorv they had me as their love child. No. Um, <laughs> so, um, and it's, it's just a really great trailer. And then Anna Torp gives us a little bit of an insight of what to expect for season five in an interview that I found with a Hollywood insider. Um, and I'll be linking that to the show notes. As well as uh, new iPhone gadgets. I've I've been like... It's just been crazy funny. I mean, like, iPhone 5 is coming around the corner, and Cena is putting, like, out all these, like, new gadget doodads that are going into Kickstarters that are going to become reality. And um, for the iPhone 4 and uh, 4S, and, and you know, it's like, really? You're going to be putting these things out? But, um, all of, you know, like soon you're going to be throwing them away or something because the iPhone 5 is going to come out and supposedly the iPhone 5 is just going to it's going to blow iPhone 4 out of the water for 4 and 4s um the first little piece of gadget that i i really kind of fell in love with was a charge card USB cable for the iPhone. It fits in your wallet. You can like fit up to five of them in your wallet if you wanted to. Um, that's a cool little Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, and it actually works. It's pretty cool doodad. Um, the other one is a middle dock, which you can like connect your iPhone to and put it on landscape mode and use it as an alarm clock and it looks exactly like an alarm clock. Freaking awesome. Uh, <laughs> very awesome. Um, 
And then there's um, another gadget which um, I'm 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 kind of like, you know, I'm kind of you know I'm not an iPhone um, like owner, but I think it's really cool and ingenious. It's a keyboard that you um, can swivel out from the back of this case and put it onto the screen and it and it's a hardboard keyboard it's a hard keyboard that uh you can actually type with and it uses no power or bluetooth connectors or whatsoever and um and you could type on the screen of the iphone that's it's really really freaking amazing so that's something to watch for and it's going to come out sometime in the fall if you donate now to the kickstarter you'll get it for a little bit less of the price of what it'll be out in stores and it's I'm telling you right now, the price is, is it, it's just horribly, I think, priced for something that doesn't use any power. It is priced at six, it's going to be priced at $60 to $70. And that's without tax or shipping. Okay. So, um, yeah, <laughs> nice little gadget doodads that, that make you want an iPhone. Mm. So, um, all right. So, what else? I'm almost done here. Um, Windows Phone uh, 7, Mango, Metro, whatever you want to call it, and soon to be 8. Um, there's this guy out there. I think they're deeming him the smoke, the Windows Phone smoke guy. Um, there's this um, new way of advertising for Windows Phone that um, Microsoft is, is uh, doing, and it's pretty catchy so far, and I saw it at CNET today. Um, he goes around um, comparing his Windows phone to other people's smartphones, and he engages them into like a test of uh, of what you know how fast their phone could do whatever he you know whatever the challenge may be you know um, posting something to Facebook or finding a movie or finding a restaurant, and if their phone can't do that at the same time. Um, if their phone can't beat his phone in that speed match, then they will lose and he makes them feel like they're going to walk away without the prize, which the prize usually is like, you know, a free pair of sneakers or a cup of coffee, free dinner, whatever it is. And so he usually beats them at whatever the task may be. And, um, he winds up giving them a free, uh, either luminous, I can't even say the product's name. <laughs> Lumina, Nokia Lumina 900 phone, which is a really sleek and hot phone. Um, or he gives them a free HCC uh, um, Titan, and which has 16 megapixel camera, which is amazing, and a big screen also. Well, what impressed me was that not only did the operating system and the hardware beat the other phones, including the iPhone, um, it has a really sleek interface. And I actually put an Android Windows Phone 7 uh, launcher on my phone because I, I just, you know, as many of you know, I'm up for a new phone and I, I'm sick with of my HTC Evo. And I found this launcher that gave me the same operating system interface that the Windows Phone 7 has and I love it. It's sleek, it's bright, it's colorful, I can manipulate it and I don't have to worry about you know going and looking for little icons. And what sold me even more on what the operating system can do on 
their the real operating system, not the launcher, um, on a regular Windows Phone Seven uh, hardware device, is that when you're like me, who I'm constantly blogging or socializing and posting stuff to the fan pages uh, for the oral fix, is that um, I can like take a link and plug it into one place, and I could distribute it to about six different social media outlets: Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, and there's more. So I'm gonna link some of the well, I'm gonna link the CNET article to the show notes as well as probably some videos. So um, and last but not least, uh, Oral Fix's sponsor, Squarespace, is actually. Uh, is advertising a new Squarespace uh, interface called Squarespace 6. And it is fantabulous. It is easy, so much smoother, richer. They have a lot more templates. Um, You know, you don't even have to know any amount of uh, HTML to really use it. Um, You just go in there and do whatever you have to do. And if you're worried about, you know, your, your site being... Um, uh, being uh, having to be friendly for mobile devices, you don't even have to worry about that because that's already built in. If you go to squarespace.com and uh, using the little advertisement widgets on the oralfix.com website, you're actually helping the podcast um, to benefit from those clicks. And if you sign up for a trial account, um, you don't have to pay anything and you wind up liking it and you love it. Um, then you let them know where you heard, you know, how you've, you know, they ask you where you heard about Squarespace and your interests. Let them know that you heard it on this podcast and the website, oralfix.com. And um, a small portion gets paid to the podcast for that, for the survival <laughs> of the podcast. And, um, and so, you know, check it out. You don't have to really sign up. They give you 14 days trial. And if you love it and you sign up, they give you a 10% discount uh, for the whole entire year. And they probably will keep that for the rest of your duration with them. And um, the you know basic plan starts at $8 a month um, if you want to go on a monthly plan. And if you want to go a little higher up and you know get all the features, unlimited features and bandwidth, it's only $16 a month. So check it out, squares, squarespace.com. And that's the new Squarespace 6 that you want to try out. So that's about a wrap-up for my weekly update. And um, last but not least, I'm going to try to get Oral Fix on the, onto Squarespace 6 during the season break, which is going to come up in a couple of weeks, um, probably around September. So let's move on to a break. Uh, speaking of breaks, a music break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to go straight into Chit for Chat with a friend of mine, Nandi Riguero. And we talk about a lot of genderful topics and her experience in the queer community as a heterosexual woman. Ah, figure that one out. <laughs> lots to talk about, lots to laugh about.
Welcome back. That was Blood Diamonds. Phone Sex is the name of the track featuring Grimes. And I don't know why they call it Phone Sex. Um, She talks about daddy this, daddy that. I just like the Calypso sounding instruments in the background <laughs> i thought it'd be cool just to support it here on the oral fix and uh, for those of you who are listening new um all the music listened to on the oral fix is usually found on the show notes with a downloadable track and most of the times which is often it's a free download so if you like that track, go ahead to the show notes, www.oralfixpodcast.com and download your song. And now let's go on to Chip for Chat. Hello? Chip for Chat. Who is this? Chip for Chat. Do I know you? Chip for Chat. Seriously, if you don't tell me who this is, I'm going to call the police. Better yet, I'm going to hang up on you. Chip for chat. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Chip for Chat. And this week, uh, <laughs> I have my special friends with me. Um, but the guest of honor <laughs> is uh, my friend Nandi, <laughs> who I've spoken about a few times, actually several times, oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> on the show. And um, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> say hi, Nandi. Hi. <laughs> State your full name because I, I have trouble uh, with your last name. Uh, Riguero. Riguero. <laughs> And Nandi and I, um, we met uh, about two years ago, right? Yes. It's about two years ago now. And uh, we've become a really good friend. And her sidekick, Aaron, her, <laughs> her boyfriend, who's sitting right across from us. You want to say hi? Hi, everybody. <laughs> he, Aaron's, Aaron and Nandi uh, decided to come visit me tonight um, here where I live. And we just finished having pizza. And we just finished having... Uh, some dinner I cooked for Aaron because he couldn't eat the pizza, the gluten-free pizza. And, uh, and I saw Bigfoot in my refrigerator, too, and they helped me out with that one, which we won't get into because <laughs> the freezer does work after all. It's, there's no Bigfoot in there. It's not overheating. No, nothing's wrong with my freezer. But... <laughs> um... I decided I've been wanting to bring Nandi on for a while because um, twofold, she's an artist, and the other is because um, you know I just want to talk gay and lesbian stuff with her because she's had some experiences in the community that which I think would be really interesting to share with you all. <laughs> so let's start with the basics now first. All right, <laughs> let's um, let's start with just you, Nandi. Nandi, you identify as a heterosexual woman, correct? Uh, right. Yes. Okay, and and you're also a, a um, and your art you your artistry is a twofold. You're a performance artist, mm-hmm. and you're also a painter, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little more about your well? Yeah, tell us a little more about your painting. How you got into it and. 
Um, well, I get into it when I started working with colors and the ocean. Basically, I wanted to bring about the energy of the ocean to my paintings. And I thought I can try it out by working with watercolors and basically literally getting water from the ocean and, and, um, and adding colors to it. So I started playing around with that a little bit. And then once I started doing that, I was working abstract and I was recognizing certain animals, certain people and beings that have been part of my life spiritually. And that's the first time I first realized the depth of, of, of the work in painting. And I wanted to explore that more. So I moved to England and I was supposed to go there to do a master's and I ended up basically doing other things. <laughs> I mean, I eventually got the master's, but, you know, I went there mainly to, to really connect with a specific part of in England, which is Canterbury, which is a very cool town with this very special energy. And um, that's when I really concentrated my energy on my art and my painting. And then I went to Brazil and I worked with some artists there and they've helped me develop my work even more and made me more aware of what I was painting because I was unaware of what I was doing. So they actually created poetry from my work, which gave me the conscious element that I needed for me to explore my art in a different aspect. So that's how I started. Wow. And um, so it wasn't something like you inherently had inside of you. Well. No, let me rephrase that. It's not something that you kind of like, you did all your life since childhood and you said, I just want to become a painter. No, actually, I wanted to be an architect because my grandfather was an architect and it was kind of in the family. And so I used to do like more realistic drawings and that's what I wanted to do, more like drawing, basically, like, you know, just drawing, not painting. So I had a different, it's different training, it's a completely different career. So yeah, it was very new, but um, there are painters in my family. So they're not your inspiration, it's more something that evolved out of you. Yeah. Okay, and your uh, the other fault to your artistry is, is the performance side, and it's dancing. Can you tell us a little more how that kind of came out? Um, wow, well, dancing, that's what I've done all my life. Um, I've danced since I was a kid, and I went to the academy for dance, and I went to all the stages, ballet, contemporary, folk. But the unique part of my work as a dancer was that I was trained in Nicaragua, so you get to learn a lot of the indigenous traditions from there while being in the academy. And even though it was superficial, it gave me, um, it gave me like open the door for me to explore even more by myself once I left the academy. So that's how I started. And then um, I stopped and I did anthropology, which took me to traveling to different indigenous communities throughout the U.S. and South America, particularly Brazil. And that's where the performance aspect of my work as a dancer was born because prior to that I was just dancing and choreography. After I went to Brazil, I basically understood performance at a different level, a different angle. Wow. And um, and so both your painting and your performance mm -hmm. doesn't really 
um, go hand in hand? Um, yeah, they both have different different energies. Yeah, they don't necessarily. Um, I don't do them for the same reason. I mean, I, there's a reason why I dance. There's a reason why I paint. They're not necessarily the same reasons, and they don't necessarily lead me to the same outcome. So they both have a different um, energy, you know. I mean, they're they're like basically just think about it like two sisters, you know. Like they're born from the same mother, but <laughs> they're not necessarily the same people. They don't necessarily have the same objectives in life, you know. So right. that's how I see them. One is more meditative. The other one has a more expressive element, you know. The other one is more introverted. The other one is a lot more extroverted. So they both have two different personalities, you know. But they're obviously my kids, so. <laughs> <laughs> and you basically took off uh, with your painting first, and yeah. then the dancing came later right. and, and then now that your dancing is really taking off you're teaching at a studio in the city and um, you've you know over the years you, you gathered uh, a quite a number of people to lead you up to the studio now right and you called your dance Niwa dance yeah yeah and what could you tell us a little bit why they call it Niwa right well the name well, came... why you call it Niwa yeah <laughs> yeah uh, the name was born actually I was coming from France um, I went to France in the year 2010 to do an artist retreat there and while I was there I actually was isolated from the from everything and I started to develop a, a form of dance that that, that consolid consolidated everything I'd done up until that point and two things I've done was not everything wasn't a lot but um, was I I went to Brazil to meet this indigenous community called the Awa. They are nomads who live in the Amazon and they perform this ritual which through dance they travel to the spiritual realm and commune with their ancestry. And in that performance they actually um, attain a healing energy, a healing energy that, that's brought down to earth and share it with the community. And so having experienced that, having had seen that, I actually became enlightened or better said, um, it, it, gave, it gave me an insight that I never had before. I heard, I you know, every person I've met that does uh, spiritual dance, that does something related to performance has always told me, yeah, there's a power, there's a transformative power, but it was not until I went there that I saw, oh, this is transformative. <laughs> it was not until I was transformed by the experience of the performance that I really understood performance in the, at that level, you know. So the name has Niwa because of the Awa, W-A is for the Awa, and then Ni, it's for Nicaragua, which is my country of origin. Ah. And because... Nicaragua we have a dance a traditional dance that um, is very ancient it goes back to the times of the Olmecas back in Mexico and um, we've been performing that for thousands of years that type of dance so I felt that I had as a dancer put together this original dance from Nicaragua 
and the wisdom and the insights from the Agua in one. So Niwa came was born from those two elements from from the Awa who um, awakened me to the transformative the real the re- the real transformation of, of uh, that the spirit goes through in dance and from Nicaragua which is where my roots come from and the form that the dance takes place so the form is very Nicaraguan and then the spirit is the combination of both the Amazonian um, people and then the Nicaraguan people so that's what Niwa and personally, as your friend, and hearing a lot about, and knowing a lot more than the audience about uh, your form and style of dancing, it's a very spiritual way uh, um, of dance and very expressive. And you allow a lot of freedom t- for, um, for people to, to actually find themselves uh, in your studio and, and within this dance, this type of teaching of this dance, correct? Yeah, yes. And, um, it, you, and, and I saw a video, which I'm going to post on the show notes, uh, of one of your sessions uh, with one of your students, or was it more than one? I think it was just one, one girl, but uh, it was very beautiful. It was very, it, it, and I could see the, uh, her just becoming very comfortable after a while in her dance and just, just taking off. I mean, um, and it was just sim- some simple strides and gestures that she was doing, but mm. I could see her just shake off the, you know, the the self awareness that there was a camera like videotaping yeah. her. <laughs> so um, you know, just that little slice that I saw, you know, it, it's it's very interesting. Um, I know for myself, I you know, uh, being a performer as well, aside from an artist um, like yourself. Uh, I found dance, and I still found dance very liberating, very transformative, especially after I sweated bullets. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know the way you, that you're describing it, um, this seems a more deeper and and uh, something on a different tone and level um, of transformation that usually people go for drugs for. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, I mean that that's that's the powerful thing about the Awa people, you know? Like I went to a people that really I connected with cuz I don't do drugs. I I just don't do them. It just doesn't work with me. So, to meet other, you know, you, other people who don't smoke anything, who don't drink anything, they simply just dance. And that's how they get to that's how they transcend to that realm of the spirit you know song and dance and I feel wow I do the same thing you know so it kind of um, it's, it was like sharing with other people like a kin 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 spirit you know so yeah it, it happened it could happen you know it's it's everybody has different ways of attaining that that state of like transformation of like or ecstasy <laughs> um, and you know some people you know use drugs other people don't and whatever makes you happy <laughs> so there is a sense of euphoria that happens in this transport well somewhere in the transformation during the learning of the Niwa dance <laughs> um, I, I would say that it's it could be that could be the word actually I never thought of putting it 
as euphoria, but it is eventually because people keep coming back. So. <laughs> 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 They like it. <laughs> Better than sex and cookies and peanut butter with chocolate. <laughs> So now let's get into. <laughs> so you, you know, you have gay friends. You have yeah. um, gay and lesbian friends, yes. and you have also, obviously, you have me as a friend. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> But before you met me, <laughs> you're not the only one. <laughs> I've had others. <laughs> Mauro, he was my first gay friend, and I love you, Mauro. He loves me too. Like he was my best friend in, in high school. <laughs> oh, in Nicaragua, you went to the high school in Nicaragua? Oh uh, no, actually, I lived in Miami for a little bit. So, oh, okay. Yeah, but I had other gay friends in Nicaragua too. My cousin's gay too, so I had a lot of gay. <laughs> well, that was my next question. Did you have family members that, or that you grew up around with? Um, that? I my cousin, he lives in Costa Rica now. Yeah, he was gay. Since he was a kid, he was like always been gay. And and for the uh, Nicaraguan people, uh, what, what what? How is homosexuality treated as a social? Right. It really actually depends on where you are, where you go. Like if you're in the city of Managua, and also it's very interesting um, the 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 class structure you know if you're like with in the city with a very um with a kind of in an environment that's highly europeanized uh -huh. um there's a lot of discrimination you know like there is for gay people there is for brown people there is for indigenous people so they discriminate against everybody <laughs> <laughs> well you know they discriminate as everybody you know Um, and then, you know, in the city, it varies, you know, there's not one way of, like, saying people experience homosexuality, you know, there is a lot of, um, segregation in some places, and in some places there isn't, you know, so it, the city varies, it's like, you go to New York City, you know, there's parts of New York City that is very, like, um, like, uh, okay with gay people, and other parts of the city which are not so okay. So there's that in the city of Managua, but if you leave the city and go to smaller towns, um, homosexuality is actually not a big deal. It's kind of part of exploring your sexuality, and wow. it's not seen as weird because you could be um, with a man because you feel like it at <laughs> that time, and if you continue to feel like it. Nobody really talks about it as being so strange. It seems to be kind of part of their culture. Um, and then also, it's more a lot of bisexualism more than homosexuality. It's more like you're with a man, but you're also with a girl. You know, it just it's not like you know, it's not confined. It's very fluid. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. I would picture Brazil to be more like that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. They're um, so free-spirited down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. And they are. I've just never been to a community like the one in Nicaragua, like, at that level, that it was so fluid that way. Wow. So, um, and then for your tribal people, um, they also have a different take on homosexuality, correct? Um, yeah, but in which way? Because there's could be at the spiritual level at the well it fascinated me one day when you told me that um uh the indigenous nicaraguans um have a deity who and is part of the creation stories who is uh genderless yeah yeah it's neither male nor female it's actually what we said before it's genderful, genderful. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's both it embodies both it's we we approach it as mother and father it's both you know wow. and, and it resides at the heart of the heavens so when we call on it it's we're talking to the mother and the father at the same time because they're both it embodies both it's neither male or female it's both so it's genderful it's genderful <laughs> everyone it is genderful <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah there's the the, the sun right and the sun, it's neither male or female, it's just the sun, you know? Okay. It embodies both, you know, just like the moon, it embodies both. But the sun and the moon came together to give birth to the world that we live in, you know? Wow. So, but there, when you approach, even though they came together, they didn't come together uh, confined in a sex. You know, they didn't come together as the moon being female or the or the sun being male. They just came together as two entities to procreate. everybody that was ben benjamin track called field mice i love ben's work i just recently found him on ghostly records and his stuff is amazing um you can really tell that he's a genius and he loves to play with his synthesizers and he really like thinks about his 
compositions and you can really tell like he's he he likes math and i might be wrong <laughs> but um at least that's what i take away from his work so i hope you're enjoying this chip for chat with my friend nandi riguero and we're going to get into more genderful <laughs> conversations um and especially we get deep and down about the real reason why i brought her onto this show was to tell her story and experience here in America um, with the gay and lesbian community, actually the lesbian community, community, and um, you know her take on it when she was confronted. Actually, she, you know, she she was confronted with several issues within the lesbian community, uh, especially this group that she was working with, and and um, and her take on that, um, especially when they thought she was a lesbian. So. Uh, here's part two, Chip for Chat, with Nandi Riguero. Interesting. And so when you moved to do, into New York... Yes. And you began living in New York City and <laughs> became part of the circle of friends that I met you through. Right, right. Um, one of our friends, Julia... Yes. She said that you uh, should go and... I mean, this is really why I brought her to the show, everyone, because I really want her to tell her... And I love the way that she tells the story and her experience in, in the gay community. She was freshly new to New York City. And Julia tells her, oh, well, can you, well, can you tell the story? Okay, so I, you know, I'm really excited to come to New York, you know, and... um I, I, you know, I just had come, you know, come from Brazil. I'm really excited, and I just want to just dance, you know, just like all about just just going and performing. And Julia, our mutual friend, she said, "Oh, Nandi, you should go. You know, there's a women's theater, and um, they're really, really like for women." And I'm like, "Really?" She's like, "Yeah, it's a collective. They help each other." I'm like, "Wow." That sounds awesome. That sounds just like what I want to do because I'm all about collaborating, you know? Like, if I help you do your show, you help me do my show and we have a venue. It's like a, like, like a little community and I thought it was really cool. So I'm like, okay, so I get the address and I go to their meeting and in their meeting, everybody's introducing themselves and they, um, like, introduce themselves as either he she or it and i honestly was the first time i had ever experienced this form of introduction because like i said even though i grew up with gay people there was never that distinction between he she or he or any of this so and and especially i've never been in a community where it was just one gender or not one gender but yeah home uh, gay you know i've been <laughs> mixed gay and non-gay so there hasn't I guess never really been in that kind of situation before. So I came in and they asked me, "Are you he, she, or it?" And I said, "Well, I don't know, cause I'm open, you know, and I'm like, I don't understand, you know, what are they talking about?" So I said, "Well, I'm both." <laughs> and my intention was to communicate the idea that I was just, you know. Just, I like men and I like girls, you know? Like, I'm not just friends with girls and I'm not just friends with boys because there's a lot of that, even in heterosexual communities, that you just have male friends or girlfriends, you know? So I was like, I'm both, you know? 
And they looked at me like, oh, okay, okay. So they pass on to the other person, and everybody goes around, and I'm a little bit confused, you know? But then the whole circle ends, and then they say, hey, there's a La Mama theater. It's opening up to give us to perform. And he's like, who wants to do anything? And I'm like, I want to do that. Like, I want to dance. And they're like, you want to dance? I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I show up, you know, like two, three weeks later, and I'm in the bathroom changing, and the same girls come, but it felt like they looked at me weird, I guess, of how I was getting dressed up and all that. So I felt a little bit self-conscious, so I went into the bathroom, which I never do that, but the girls were a little bit too close to me in a way, and like they were, I don't know, I felt maybe, oh, maybe she's lesbian, maybe that girl's lesbian, I'm like, maybe I should just, you know, maybe, I don't know. So, I went so, and I, Wait, wait, let's get this clear. <laughs> they weren't, like, touching you. No, 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 but they were looking at me in a, in a very sexual manner, and I felt a little bit uncomfortable because I was putting my dress on, and, like, you always, you know, like, you put your thing on, and you're like, hey, does this look good? And they were, like, telling me it looks good, but in a different it was more in a sexual way like if i was asking my boyfriend if it looks good you know like oh so that looks really good yeah baby. yeah <laughs> so it, like, it wasn't very very like girly you know <laughs> i was like oh that looks pretty on you nandy it was more like oh you're starting to look like the lady in red yeah it was that the bathroom where we were all the green room where we all were changing became a little bit different you know i felt like a different energy i still wasn't like because i'm not i'm not thinking like of sex all the time or thinking about like any of this because i'm not in like i'm just thinking about my performance you know so i'm thinking about but um wait wait i just want to make it clear to everybody that julia who sent nandi to this place (laughs) is a lesbian herself (laughs) Who's a wackadoo? I mean, she's no wait, wait. I don't want to color her that like that, but she's a very nice person. Is that sometimes Julia's in her own world, like some of us are. <laughs> like I am, you know what I mean. I was in my own world. I, I, you know, my world. You don't identify as he, she, or it. You're just, you just, you're just she. You know that, you know that, that's it. You know. <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, it awakened me to 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 a diff- to a, the way that other people live, you know, that I wasn't aware of until that point. But the funny thing is that I have all these lesbian friends and gay friends, and it was never like a conversation of talking about his she or it, you know, or asking me if I was that he, he whatever. So um, the whole gender thing. And so I go and I dance, you know, and I show my friend, he, um, he's a guy, he comes and he did the drumming and all that. And I leave and then the guy who's telling who the next person is the drag queen coming in. And, and, and I'm like, oh, cool, you know, there's a very big theme of like drag queens and drag kings and all that stuff because there was a lot of drag theater there so there were drag queens and kings yeah like and this was a group it was comedy yeah they did this comedy women though yeah 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 it was comedy so the next person that comes in is like a comedy of a drag something you know so i leave i mean i left i perform and i left 
you know mm-hmm. and the next girl that comes in i'm trying to be really because ni- like she had a cool tattoo and i'm like oh nice tattoo and she wasn't really nice to me <laughs> she was like oh okay nice tattoo uh-huh <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> okay goodbye <laughs> so the next day i'm selling my artwork in union square because that's where i sell my artwork and one of the girls shows up and she's like i saw your dance yesterday <laughs> and i'm like really and she's like yeah it was really nice <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like cool i'm like you like it you know <laughs> and then she says to me are you gonna go to the theater later i'm like yeah you know so i show up at the theater and they're they're like passing this paper around because every time you show up they make question and you're supposed to answer and like the question was what was the most romantic way you ever proposed or got proposed by you know got proposed and i'm just thinking about it you know until all these girls are going in and then when that girl who told me she liked my dance goes in she says well you know um the most romantic way i proposed to this girl was here in the theater and um I, I brought her this cake and I did this and I'm like <laughs> oh <laughs> so I think I'm in a lesbian theater girl <laughs> <laughs> that's when it, you woke up <laughs> and then the crazy thing is that I was still willing to work there but I didn't have any theme that was lesbian related all my work was just very spiritual related like it was, it was not necessarily a lot of the shows they did was like at that time they had a thing going on with Butch they had a they had a theater piece that went for a month that was Butch and then there was another one that was coming in about kissing a girl so all these themes were very like the experiences of lesbian women in New York City and I couldn't I mean I did not fit in so I left and never came back <laughs> And so that was that was pretty much it. <laughs> Weren't there like um first of all thank you for sharing this intimate story. Um but from what I remembered uh, when you first told it to me uh-huh. there was a lot of um like when they found out that you weren't a lesbian after you woke up to it all. Uh-huh. And you were like, well, you know, I you know, I'm not really a lesbian so I can't really contribute here or I'm not this or that. Like, they weren't they mean to you? They weren't they even right. more mean? Actually, they, um, they were, they weren't really necessarily mean, but they weren't really, like, wanting to collaborate, you know? Like, they weren't interested in the kind of theater that I wanted to do, because it wasn't lesbian related. So I said to them, do I have to be a lesbian to be here? And they're like, no, 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 you can do your thing. But then when I came back and I wanted to propose my thing, they they always had something that was more important than what I had to offer. So I was like, I'm not wasting my time here. And the energy was like, like they didn't want to deal with people that weren't doing lesbian related work. Right. And I felt like left out. (laughs) 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 So I talked to my boyfriend and like was here actually. And like, he can tell you my my whole drama with this thing. Cause I would leave the city. I'd be like, I think I can, I'm going to leave, you know? And he's like, why? I'm like, well, this this is happening. (laughs) (laughs) So he was like my support because I really wanted to be there, but you know, they're important themes that they, they they work with that don't necessarily 
I don't I don't necessarily contribute in that way. It's the same way if I went to a political group, you know, that does theater just with political themes. My work is not necessarily political. Or if I did, you know, comedy, I'm not a comedian. So it was like there's a specific theme going on that I don't necessarily contribute directly to. Indirectly, yeah, I do. But not necessarily directly, you know. I don't take those themes at the forefront. You know, I'm not talking about these issues like at the forefront. You know, my work it's more mythical and um, performative and spiritual. You know, so it's got more of that emphasis. And whomever wants to journey there and take their own stories there and take their own experiences there, that's their thing you know i think my work opens up the door to any experience whether it's political spiritual you know sexual anything you know mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily falls into one category well that's a shame that they didn't utilize you <laughs> i mean your talents too i mean i'm sure that you know after seeing you perform once they they, they really liked it they really liked it because I went back and they were really 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 supportive they were like wow we really that was really <laughs> good but I don't think they knew I was lesbian you know I was not a lesbian until the, I mean I mean it was this whole communication I mean I was thought it was a woman's theater <laughs> and it was <laughs> it's a different type of woman <laughs> just not your type well, actually, that's not true because you were really open to experience not to be there sexual with anyone else. I mean, okay, so this is my other, qu- would be a question that I'm going to throw out there to you randomly here is that even though you weren't a lesbian or transgender or on your way to become a male or whatever, <laughs> male to female, right, right, right. Um, you were there a woman who loved to express who you are and your energy and um so being a heterosexual woman I mean like when you go to make friends with other women is there a particular type of woman that you are interested in becoming friends with Mm, mm, yeah yeah I usually tend to become friends with um women who are I don't know. Um, usually my best friends are usually a little bit older than me and they're a lot of fun and they've had, you know, share with me an experience which is like a long life struggle and hardship. But yeah, at the end of the day, just being strong and just facing life and being happy and trying to just have fun and despite the shit you know so it doesn't matter what sexual preference or race or color no just experience right yeah yeah i mean that's what make yeah i have friends of all kinds of colors and races and all that you know sexual identities yeah 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 and like you know my best friend mauro you know we share a lot in common you know and he's gay and he continues to be my best friend and um I don't have any best friends that are lesbians. They're friends, but not best friends. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I have friends of like different countries, you know, like Brazil, Nicaragua, places that I lived, England. You know, I made best friends with girls or women who are like strong women who've had a hard life, you know. We share that in common, but do have that 
a sense of beauty alive in them and they're not afraid of sharing it you know did you find um while you were in this group for the short time that you were in there did you find it hard to make friends with any of them yeah and do you do you can you tell me can you tell us a little bit about that um well it was more um first of all the whole identity thing like I, I don't think they got me as being sexually female, you know, um, my sexual orientation being um, also, fe you know, like towards male, like, you know, um, so my gender was female, you know, and my orientation was, you know, I like guys and I don't think they got that as being okay <laughs> like they that was a shock to them you know and i think maybe that was it and i just my the way i was approaching them was like a girl will approach a girl and i don't know if that was maybe a culturally appropriate it was maybe not the way they approached things there was a lot of power play too mm -hmm. you know there was like a lot of that happening and a lot of like if you're a girl, are you a male or a female? If you're a female, how much of a female? You know, all that. I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. <laughs> I, couldn't <laughs> I couldn't keep up with that. <laughs> you know? Believe me, me neither. I still can't. <laughs> it was too much of like, how much of a girl are you? Or how much of a boy are you? If you are not a girl. You know, and I am a girl, and I am a girl, and like I am sexually a girl, and I'm genderly a girl, and that was like shocking, maybe. And so I could never connect with anybody at that level except for Julia. <laughs> Julia was just Julia is just Julia, you know. She's cool. Um, she doesn't mind like just you're a girl, <laughs> you know, you're a woman um, at, at any level. So yeah, no, it was a lot of power play, and I couldn't ever collaborate. They didn't give me a time to collaborate with. It's, it's not. I at, at the same time, I've had those experiences also with other groups of people. Um, you know, I think it's like an institutional thing when you institutionalize uh. yourself as a specific gender, or as a specific um, political group, or a specific anything. You you kind of like narrow your 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 your. You sort of narrow you you you. you your frame of I don't know maybe you narrow your creative process to, to, to fit into specific agenda and uh. that agenda specifically is lesbian issues or political issues or any issues I mean I am narrow myself in my thing you know uh, in that um, I don't know maybe I'm not narrow because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not necessarily having taken any issue in my no. I'm not necessarily targeting lesbian. I mean, it's just anybody. I find what's so beautiful about my work, I don't know if you saw the videos, is that um, like anybody comes to my classes and to my shows, you know? Like you have black people, white people, Asian people, Hispanic people, um, people who've done ballet, people who've done African, you know, like all this kind of people come to my show, to my work, you know? And we're just trying to express something that's spiritual and personal right 
I don't I don't pr- put you know like uh, I, I don't have a, an agenda there you know so if you're lesbian and you're going to express this express this if you want to express you, your history you express you know so it's, it's not really specific so maybe that's why it didn't jive I was just too honest specific <laughs> <laughs> well like I said before it's, it's a shame that they couldn't utilize you and that that stuff like this happens and we've had I mean I don't want to get into conversations about it but you know we talked about it between you and I and also on this podcast and previous uh, shows that it's unfortunate that our the my community the lesbian gay community that community is just uh, it gets so superficial at times in the past I don't know how, what it is like now um, in New York City but in the past it's, it's gotten so bad that you know either gays were not uh, admitted into lesbian bars because they just wanted to be exclusive and where gay bars weren't like that they wouldn't turn away a woman or, or anything like that <coughs> and you know I think it gets so superficial even if it's not you know a queer community people like you say become so institutionalized or are dead set in, in one path and one mode of thinking that they, they miss out on opportunities uh, for growth and opportunities to become bigger or, or, or just, you know, they'll turn away support, mm. you know, so and people who could be, you know, key allies and, and, and actually supporting a small community such as the gay and lesbian community. And that's one of the major reasons why I wanted to bring this story here and publicize it on the old fix. And thank you so much for sharing it, Nandi. And I hope that anybody that's listening, um, actually, and who's living in New York City or who's traveling into New York City, uh, once you experience the Niwa dance or to see some of your painting, paintings to really do so and and to follow you um, is there a particular well I know the websites but do you want to plug yourself in there yeah yeah uh, my website is dansaniwa.com so that's D-A-N-Z-A N-I-W-A dot com is there another way to contact you that's it. <laughs> uh, okay, then. So there you have it, folks. Um, Aaron has been listening patiently as the faithful side by on the side. It was a pleasure. <laughs> Every minute of it. <laughs> and, like, I mentioned his name not because, oh, you know, like, it was just that he was with me through this process and, like, he would listen to me the whole time. <laughs> and it was just cute. Because <laughs> I was struggling. I'm like... What do I do? It's like a good theater. I just want to stay there, but I can't. And he's like, well, just imagine, will you stay there if you were around a group of guys that wouldn't let you do anything? I'm like, no. So why would you allow a group of girls? (laughs) (laughs) Good error. That's a good one. (laughs) It really like highlighted to me that it's not just because they're girls, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't, like, you know, let anybody treat you, like, discriminate against you, you know? Like, if you're a girl, you shouldn't let other girls discriminate against you, you know? Because sometimes we're too, oh yeah, like, we're so big on, like, male-female divide, and we will allow people of our same gender to treat us badly, and, you know total beyond the offensive when it comes to somebody of the other gender mm. so you you're putting um, you're blinding yourself to what's actually happening and I think that 
I didn't allow myself to have that freedom to just be like, hey, these people are not being cool, you know? Yeah, I think in some ways, um, <laughs> what you were experiencing like that, that stifling um, level of energy was something that they were experiencing themselves. And they kind of rubbed it off on you that you sort of connected to. And, you know, maybe on a subtle level, a sub subtle level, um, they experienced some change as well. I mean, just by having you just not be there anymore. <laughs> you know, they lost out. So, you know, when you have it really good, you, well, you, what, how does the saying go? You don't know how good it is until it's gone. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> they will never know that. Well, everyone, that's it for Chipper Chat. And uh, thank you, Nandi. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. Bye. Hey there, welcome back. That was Pale Sketcher. The title of the track is called Seventh Heaven. So, thank you everybody for tuning in this week. And I do apologize again for the the absence (laughs) from your ears. Um, And... I will be posting another uh, podcast edition. Um, and I'm not going to prom- make promises that it's going to be on Sundays. I-, I think I've changed it on the blog and on all the other social sites that this is going to be a weekly podcast. Um, Renaissance Fair is going to be coming up August 4th. So my life, I don't know what it's going gonna- to be in store for me. I know I'm going to be really tired and I'll be working Saturdays and Sundays. So I'm not going to have time really to be editing and posting the podcast up. Um, it's probably going to be a repeat of last year. What I was doing was that I was posting, I think, the podcast on Mondays. So you might just be hearing this podcast uh, anywhere between Monday and Wednesday. Um, and if you hear it on a Thursday like you are today, then, uh, you know, be easy on me. <laughs> 
But I definitely have a lot of other guests signing up for Chiffer Chat who actually been contacting me. And I do apologize to some of them who are probably listening right now. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to um, name any names yet because I, I really don't want to jinx anything because Mercury is in retrograde at the moment, as uh, some of you may know or may not know. And, um, you know, anything can happen during a Mercury in retrograde, as I've spoken in the past. Mercury, when it goes in retrograde, it's usually for three weeks. And there's a residual effect a week before and a week after. So it's really like a month period. And it's not over uh, this time around until August 8th. And then there's a residual effect, which ends um, a week after that. So, you know, I think it's around the 15th or something like that. It's not a great time to negotiate. If you're going to negotiate and you have to negotiate, um, then make sure you cross every T's, every I, dot every I's. And any new propositions that come up, you know, if you really need to, like, ask all the questions that you possibly can. Um, and you know, I, I, I just got propositioned for something and I said, you know, I'm going to think about it because I know in the Mercury and retrograde, you know, if I do say yes and, you know, it's not nothing to do with money home or, or replacing anything because when, when Mercury and retrograde is in effect, then you replace you repair, you are, you add the R E before anything you do, and then you'll be safe. Otherwise, you really have to work hard at whatever you're doing for negotiating, buying, purchasing, especially of electronics, gadgets, and machinery, uh, even smartphones. <laughs> so if you're due for a smartphone like I am at the beginning of August, wait until the end or after the 15th of August to make that purchase electronic purchase especially some smartphones <laughs> contracts of any sorts unless you're redoing it or as i said you adding you know if, if it's feasible to add the re before whatever action you're about to take then you're safe so um before i end the show i you know i um i feel bad that i haven't done anything this month for you guys and so a gift I'm going to leave you off with is a card of the month I usually you know I do the whole big thing with Go Ask Alice to give you a card of the month and I'll give you a card of the week reading as well and for any of you who are interested in any readings by myself uh, for um, for any specific concern or topic that you may have um, please email me at oralfixpodcast at gmail.com and I'll give you my rates. And um, as usually, I'll give you my rates now. It's usually $25 for a half an hour to 45 minutes. And an hour to a half an hour, which I suggest, is $60. So, okay. So the card for this week, for the month, uh, which you probably, some of you guys have been um under you know pretty much what I might have to say but here we go the card of the month is all about challenge in doing 
<laughs> uh, uh, and protecting and, and learning your boundaries um, with people and for the rest of the month. Um, how did, you know, you're probably facing things about, you know, you're probably getting rid of people who, um, you lend your authority to, or who have be, who have become authority in your life. And you're, you're, you know, they're challenging, you're, they're challenging you on a consistent basis. And this can not only be people, it could be places and things, um, that you, you know, food also, um, and and you know and and dark places maybe or a job or something or organization um you know that has you know you you you've come to terms with that you 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 just can't go on with these people so um people places and things are are challenging you on a third level um and you, you you need to reassess the way that and reevaluate your boundaries and reassess the way that you you work with these things these people in these, these places but um what i'm seeing here is mostly it's about people and and if you know all of us this is everybody in general is undergoing this right now for this month of july i know for myself it speaks volumes because i have been having some issues with my neighbors i've been having issues with um overeating (laughs) snacking too much or just not doing and feeling lethargic that can be another aspect of of this the card that i pulled out is manique and manique is usually associated with action or with authority figures um it also signifies uh what the pagans and celtic um uh beliefs would, would deem as serenusis the uh, guardian the protector of the forests and uh usually in in maya um culture uh that protector is usually a um a, a more of authority figure a father figure a it's type of dominance um and this can also signify that maybe we are all experiencing so, on some level um an ability to maintain everything um that we have and possess so if that's your challenge as well you know uh, you have to reassess yourself uh, and what you do. And, and like I said last month, you know, let go. I think it was sometime last month, you know, we got the card of dissonance. Let go whatever doesn't work anymore in your life. Um, that could be another way of making this not a challenge in our lives. Now, for the card for the week, for the remainder of this week going on into the next, I will pull out another card for everyone. And this is becoming a lengthy podcast, but um, hey, I've broken the rules once. Why not again? <laughs> All right. So the card for this week will be, as I'm shuffling here, ooh, health, health concerns, eek, energy. A, a lot of you guys probably maybe because of the solo flares are experiencing low energy or, or having a challenge with energy. Um, especially re-energizing things, making things new, becoming positive. Um, you know, move a muscle, change a thought is what comes into my mind at this moment when I pull this card out. So if you haven't done that, if you haven't pushed through your fears yet of accomplishment, um, you know, really dig deep down inside of yourself and ask yourself, why am I not moving in this situation or moving from the situation um place or thing 
why am I not taking action? Why am, you know, why am I like stuck? Why am I stagnant? You know, check to see if you're stagnant because usually eek is all about um, stagnant, stale air healing that's not taking place. You not allowing yourself to let healing happen in your life on some level and if you don't do that usually we end up in the hospital we we end up with more problems headaches you know and it, it can be diet also you know you have to check out and watch out for those things this week my advice to you as well is to really to circumvent all of that is to keep a positive attitude towards life you know if you need affirmation books go get them um and really, you know, if you don't have supportive people in your life who talk good things to you, then you better find them. Because if you can't do it for yourself, you need other people in your life to help you do that. So um, that is my reading for the week. And again, if you guys feel that, you know, you you need a reading by moi um, or actually by Mystic Ed also who I had on, on last week's show. Um, feel free to contact um, me at any time at oralfixpodcast at gmail.com. And you can also, you know, if you have any feedback uh, about any of the shows, you can send it to that email address. Or you can call it in at 646-504-3491. If you have any suggestions or that you would like me to discuss on the show or any people you would like to have uh, me have sit down for an interview for chip for chat let me know as well through the the number or the uh podcast um g uh email <laughs> excuse me um you can find also the podcast on you can follow the podcast and my blogging and ranting on twitter uh facebook and g plus so you can look it up as Oral Fix Podcast, or you can look it up as Henry Diaz, Henry M. Diaz. Enough about that. You guys have a great week, and stay out of the woods. And if you go into the woods, be nice to Sasquatch. Remember what, <laughs> in the beginning of the show, what <laughs> Matt Moneymaker said to Lori the Sheriff. Show them something nobody other human has shown them. Some respect, some kindness, okay? Alright. I'm leaving you off with a track from Birds and Souls, um, which is a gay uh, couple, uh, Ryan and Ryan Croissant and Sergio Giorgioni. And this is their track called Birds and Souls. Enjoy. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Get up.